You are listening to The Call Your Grandma Show, a podcast where we reach out to our grandma, our nana, our abuela, our oma. We call her different names, but she sure loves to talk. We gather and share laughs and stories across generations. It might even inspire you to call your loved ones too. Stay safe and stay tuned. Hi, I'm Chris Changin Phillips, and I will be your host for the next half hour of all things seniors and grannies and grandpas. And today, we've got one big juicy story for you from new Call Your Grandma contributor, Nicosia Miller. Miss Dora Joseph Palmer is someone Nicosia's mom interacts with quite frequently, knows very well, and kind of acts as a mentor to her mom. Nicosia's met her a few times, briefly, but her mom always said Miss Dora was a very interesting person. And Nicosia certainly found that to be true as she prepped for this interview. Miss Dora is a cookum and elder, actively involved in her community. Nicosia called her up to talk about her unique upbringing, the importance of language rights, a few Cree words, and what she hopes for the future. Hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, uh, just uh, overworked. <laughs> okay, is now okay, or do you want me to call you back yes. after? Yes, yes, I had uh, mega people here, and I just couldn't get to do anything. Now I'm so, I was uh, came to sit down, I was going to call you. <laughs> okay, good, my timing is perfect then. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So thank you again for agreeing to have this conversation with me. And, you know, you've had such an interesting life as a Cree elder and as a Kokum. So I'm really interested to hear more about it. So can you start by telling me where you grew up, Miss Dora? Oh, my community. I grew up in northern Saskatchewan. That it's uh, At one time, it used to be uh, remote. And in the 60s, I think it was in the 60s we finally got electricity. Wow. Yeah, in the 60s. And uh, and it, uh, a lot of things got upgraded ever since then. Uh, people used to have uh, uh, called party lines when the, uh, everybody had a phone in their house and... Uh, Anybody could uh, pick up the phone and listen to your conversation because there were party lines <laughs> at one time. You know, back then, everything was, uh, now we have our own private phones. So it was uh, a remote community where uh, we were, uh, our schools were called uh, day schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where teachers were set from uh, that really punished us. I don't know if they were trained to punish people, but you must have heard, you know, all these little things that go on. Of course, yeah. Yeah, those kind of things. Those went on. Uh, when residential schools came on, and when they started uh, picking up the kids to go to uh, residential schools, uh, we went underground. Oh. My family went underground, and... Uh, we went and lived way in a, in a bush someplace. And uh, I remember that as a kid, I was living in a tent in the winter time. Uh, yeah, and I don't remember how long we lived out there, way out there. You know, that our, uh, our parents went to hide us. 
Wow, that's so interesting. That's a really brave decision for your parents to make, but it's for your it was for your safety, right? And your family's safety, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we got the, uh, I call it underground. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, living in a tent and uh, in the winter time, and there was snow outside, and I don't know how, uh, oh. how uh, we had a little heater in our tent and stuff, and uh, I don't remember ever being cold or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How big was your family? I come from a family of 15 children. Oh, wow. Yes. We, uh, we were, uh, back then, uh, family, uh, there was huge families. Oh. They were, uh, yeah, they had, they had a lot of kids. And, uh, but today, we barely anybody has more than, I have uh, two adult kids, and uh, I brought up uh, a lot of foster kids, brought up uh, when I back in my day when I was able to look after children. Mm -hmm. And were the children that you fostered indigenous children, or was it a mix? Uh, They were, um, I lived in, um, eventually uh, we, uh, I I left the community, I left the community. Mm -hmm. I went on and did my own thing away from the community because I, uh, being the person I am, I left and uh, I went on to marry a Sioux man, a Sioux man, and uh, he, uh, so we had uh, two kids, uh, our children, and uh, our uh, the, and we went on fostering kids as we went on, and uh, I have uh, blonde children, I have Dene children. Wow. I have a mixture of uh, different, yeah, I have... Uh, children that I looked after in my day, in my younger days. Wow, wow. So how did you end up in Alberta and in Edmonton? My my late husband uh, got transferred around with his work. So I, you know, I followed wherever he went. And uh, we've been in Alberta for the last, mm, I would say, 30 years plus. Oh, wow, that's a long time. Passed on about a year now. When he uh, when he retired, he kind of his health went with his retirement. He's uh, left us for a year, about a year now. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But it seems like you guys were married for a long time, over thirty years, or we're together. Probably yes. didn't marry him right away. I wasn't sure of him. Okay. <laughs> I didn't marry him right away. I'm uh, sure if, uh, if I made the right choice, you know, that part. Eventually, I did marry him. Okay. We were married 42 years, you know, in marriage. So uh, you know, I was with him for uh, through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. He picked up on my language because he didn't know his language. He was, uh, he... He, his dad was a white guy, and he never knew that he was a, 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 a indigenous person until later on in life, all oh, that party. They were never told that they were indigenous people. Really? Later on in life, uh, uh, he, did, uh, he knew that uh, he was hanging. 
used to hang out with uh, indigenous boys, and uh, and then he discovered that he was First Nation person, and then he said, "Oh, I never knew that. Wow. My mom never said that told me anything." So, but uh, his language—he never knew his language, but he picked up on my language when uh, we uh, connected, when we uh, met. He spoke more of my language than his language. Right, and you speak Cree, right? All right. Is it something that you learned as you got older? Uh, no, that was uh, our language at home. Oh, really? Wow. That was the language spoken at home, and uh, and when I got married, I broke away from that uh, my language. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I went back to. Uh, I went back to school to learn my language properly because I never used to say the words properly. Oh. Cree and, uh, yeah. Oh. So that was, uh, I went back four years to uh, learn the, my language and uh, to speak it now. I have it. I won't lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, kind of a... Uh, in life, you go through all kinds of things. So <laughs> that was my life, my story. Wow, that's interesting. And where did you learn Cree? Uh, uh, I took um, what is this class in, uh, and I was going to university in uh, Lethbridge. I, I took this class. It was, uh, what are those teachers called that teach all kinds of languages? Uh, I thought it was on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, yeah, used to have fun in that class. It was a Cree language class, and uh, and the uh, professor used to tell me, you'll be lucky to pass this class. Yeah, I was lucky to pass that class because I didn't know my language back then, so I thought, well, I'm going to get smart. I'm going to go to uh, um, this uh, place that they uh, teach, teach, uh, Cree properly. Mm-hmm. So I took it for four. I took it for four summers. I would come. I would leave my home for three weeks and go learn my language. Oh. The, the proper way to say it was in a, in the Cree language. There's five dialects. In our language, there's uh, five different ways to say one word in the language because each e. In Canada, there's uh, different areas where they speak Cree, but it's a de- de- they say it different in the dialect. So ours is the Y dialect. Everything is a Y dialect in our in our Cree. Yeah, we speak the Y dialect. Uh, other people, other Cree people speak a TH dialect. Others speak R dialect. And uh, P H Y and R and N. Uh, I don't remember the fourth R and T H and Y. There's one more that uh, they call it midchief. If it's uh, <coughs> mixing your Cree with your English, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Your Cree with your English. yeah. That part of. A lot of times I speak Nijif when I'm talking, I'll mix it with my Cree language. Is that a popular way of speaking? 
Oh, that's how I speak. Okay. <laughs> Depends on who I'm with and stuff, yeah. And uh, people in northern, where I come from, they uh, mix their langu- uh, Cree language with French. Oh. Yeah. They speak, uh, they'll say some, uh, they'll be speaking Cree mixed with a little bit of French in their, uh, in their language. Because yesterday... I told you that our our uh, our language is uh, like people laugh when they talk. So mm-hmm. if you listen to us talking our language, you you know it's all <clears throat> I don't know. It's uh, so full of humor. I guess the language. Yeah, it's so full of humor and stuff. So that, and I told you about the the. The origin, the original people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I told you a little bit about that yesterday. <clears throat> where, the, where, why Canada is called Canada, and it means clean. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And I think it's it's so interesting that you know you grew up speaking Cree. That I think that's a big privilege that maybe a lot of Indigenous people don't have, and. That should have, that might have affected, like, your identity. How did that make you feel growing up, you know, to be so close to your culture and to be able to speak your language as a child with your family? Um, knowing, knowing who I am and, uh, you know, who I am as an Indigenous person, uh, I'm confident who I am, you know, being who uh, uh, as a, a Cree uh, grandma, Greek Ukum. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, there's a lot of confidence. I and uh, I think that's how I I survived because I I I talk to everybody. Oh, okay. I talk to everybody, and I'm not a, I I'm not a I'm a super aggressive person when I uh, when uh, I do something because <laughs> <guess> that helps. <laughs> that helps being aggressive in my behavior, and. Uh, not uh, getting is easily intimidated by anybody. Wow. I don't know about that in my past. Yeah. Wow, those are really good qualities to have, like to be a strong person and a strong woman too. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But I was, uh, but I was always like that to begin with, anyway. But it's, uh, I'm still like that. And okay. <laughs> I fit. I seem to fit in anywhere I go, anyway, because of who I am. I don't. Uh, I don't back away from anybody that tries to do, and hardly any, anyone ever tries to intimidate me. Mm-hmm. Not who I am, anyway. Okay, okay, that's really good. So, as an elder now that you can speak Cree, um, are there a lot of young people that speak Cree? Not so much anymore. You don't hear. Uh, the people, very rarely you'll hear kids speaking, uh, even though they teach it in the, in, uh, as part of the curriculum in, in school. When they leave the classroom, it's not, it's not uh, part of their uh, home language. So it seems like it got lost someplace in, uh, in the upbringing of all the, all the younger generations. Yeah, and 
I guess that probably has a lot to do with the residential schools since, you know, the students there weren't allowed to speak their languages, so they can't really pass it on to their children. Apparently, from, you know, you hear about a lot of uh, residential schools, what happened, and, uh, and uh, they were punished if they spoke their language. They were, yeah, they were... They weren't allowed to speak their language, and uh, uh, hair, our hair is our strength and our identity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll see a lot of people with, uh, native people with long hair, and uh, and have you ever noticed that they're proud of their long hair? Because mm-hmm. that's their strength of who they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, the strength that it makes them strong, uh, uh, uh how would I say it makes them strong, have a strong spirit in who they are. And uh, you're, I, we rarely see that, but it, it's coming back uh, more so now because people, there's a move, movement of, uh, I, I, you know, go, going on right now. I speak, people are speaking out mm-hmm. about uh, the, the things that they uh, couldn't speak about in a in the past that's definitely true and i've noticed um a lot of indigenous people like both men and women with very long hair and sometimes it's braided special ways does the braiding mean anything or the braid uh represents uh mind body and spirit oh wow when they're braiding they're they're praying with their mind body and spirit to keep their mind uh, intact and their spirit to be strong, yeah, and your body also to be proud of, you know, that you are proud of who you are. Wow. To respect your body. Oh. I had no idea, but that's, that just shows how important a hair is, right? It's not a simple thing. It's very complex. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, people are able to speak, more openly about you know the culture and to dress or wear or you know style themselves in a way that express their culture have you seen a lot of young people starting to learn Cree or you told me that you're teaching some young people too how has that been it's really a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of fun teaching my and is it would you say it's Cree an easy language to learn or is it hard uh some people say it's hard to learn. Some people that are, you know, are, if they're ready to learn, they'll learn it. And other ones that are not ready are not ready. Okay, yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Can you teach me a couple words, like something simple? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a, free, a few Cree words. Uh, tanse means hello in our language. Tanse, okay. Tanse, T-A-N-S-I. Okay. It says, hello, how are you? Uh, that part. And, uh, and then, what else can I teach you? How do you say goodbye? Uh, there's no goodbye. Oh, really? Uh, Native people don't say goodbye. They'll say, see you. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no, 
there's no goodbye in the, in the Greek language. It's more like, well, we'll see you again. Okay. Is there a, a special word that you can use to say, like, see you again? See you again. Go up and then. Oh, Kwapinton. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Kwapinton. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll see you later. Okay. I like that, that you don't say goodbye. You say see you later. That's nice. It's, yeah. Yeah. And there's no goodbye in our... Culture. There's no goodbye. The only time you say goodbye is uh, if a, a person passes on. Oh. People, you know. So there's uh, some uh, some stuff we don't. Uh, some words we don't uh, say in our language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because, because Cree is supposed to be a strong language, and it's and uh, you're supposed to respect respect the language and stuff because it's. Uh, not too many people use use Cree nowadays. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I have one more question for you. How do you say thank you or thanks? Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Okay, I think I have heard that one before. Hi, hi. hi. Okay. H I Y. Hi, hi. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So I can say Kewapitan. Uh, hi, hi. Thank you for being a part of the program and for sharing your story with me because this was so interesting. I learned so much and it just, you know, listening to you, it just shows me how every individual has such an interesting life, has a story that should be told, right? Our language is important and we cherish our language because I know how to speak my language. Uh, if you listen to a person speaking, you you can hear that they have a slang. You know, even me, when I speak the English language, I speak with a slang. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that I, I speak a different language. That's true. I, I, I have a slang when I speak my language because I'm Cree. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, most Well, everyone has an accent, right? And it just shows you where yeah. someone is from or where they grew up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it was so interesting to hear you talk about living underground because I've never heard about that before, that there are some people who are able to, I guess, escape in some ways by moving to remote areas and, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be able to keep a family safe from having their children going to residential schools. So that was such a brave thing for your family to do. and. I'm sure that helped you to become who you are today, you know? So that was really, that was yeah. really neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't damaged by everything, uh, damaged by, uh, by how they were treated. They spe- you know, you hear them being, of course. Yeah. Talk about the punishment that they got and how they were so, uh, treated so poorly in, uh, when they had to stay away from their parents and families for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. That's um, important uh, little things to uh, point out, uh, you know, where uh, how we where we still survive today as indigenous people, regardless of how uh, how we uh, the world treats certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Wow, yeah, there's a lot of resilience and strength in the culture, right? Yeah. What what are you? So I'm Jamaican. I was born in Jamaica. Do you know where Jamaica is? It's it's in the it's in the Caribbean, and so we're still a part of Turtle Island, and we have indigenous people too in Jamaica, but most of them were you know killed or by disease or by colonizers when Columbus came because the Caribbean was one of the first places that a lot of these colonizers came to, but there's still there's still parts of our culture that people don't know that are indigenous, you know? So it's always interesting for me to learn about other indigenous cultures and because they've had an influence on our own lives. And even um, the slaves that went to Jamaica, some of them were able to escape and they went to the mountains. And when they went to the mountains, the people who helped them to survive were indigenous people, right? So there's always been a history of like collaboration between those people who are oppressed. So, yeah. 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 That's Yeah. It's like what I told you yesterday, you know, people, people, they survived these people that came Mm -hmm. and found us, you know, they survived because our people looked after them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so the indigenous people in Jamaica, they're called Taino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there are a few people who identify as Taino today, like in other, some in Jamaica, but there's lots in places like Puerto Rico and Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. But there's really not as much as like, you know, how there's lots of Cree people here in Alberta and, you know, Saskatchewan yeah. and Manitoba. It's not as much, but there's still a few people that do identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the reason why uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are still, you know, a majority of the people because they live in reservations. That oh. they, they were sent to reservations mm-hmm. to, uh, to live there. Mm-hmm. You know, they were part of being colonized. You know, colonization is a big topic, and it's so. Uh, so open to what topic you can talk about because a lot of things happened in history that uh, it, sometimes it's not talked about but now more so it's uh, out in the open now and people are coming out to say what they need to say that's very true yeah, yeah. so what are your hopes for indigenous people of the future and even for the Cree language what do you hope for the future Oh, and my belief in uh, in what I hope for is, uh, are you, did anybody ever talk to you about uh, the medicine wheel? I know a little bit about the medicine wheel, but not that much, no. No, like the four colors of the medicine wheel, are you aware of them? Um, is blue one of the colors? Uh, there's uh, there's white white there's yellow yellow there's black and what is the the other one there's uh, there's red as well yeah red okay red. okay yeah red here I'm I'm drawing my medicine wheel and okay <laughs> part of the medicine the medicine wheel t- tells a whole lot of history of uh, a lot of things because our our lives are universal, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, 
uh, you talk about uh, the you know the it's in a circle that represents our world, the global world, and uh, and it's uh, into four parts, equal parts of uh, the medicine wheel, and they talk about the the four races of people mm-hmm. in there, the colors. The colors, the white people, the yellow people, the black people, and the red people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they talk about my hope uh, is uh, when all these uh, four colors, they uh, become equal and treat each other equal, that uh, things will fall back in place. Oh. You know, people, yeah, in the medicine wheel and stuff. And uh, it's written in the prophecies. Mm-hmm of how things are going to uh, evolve. So uh, if you ever get a chance, read about the seven prophecies. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I definitely will yeah. read about that. Yeah, read about the prophecies that they wrote about it because they talked about, you know, people will, you know, get up and uh, voice their concerns, their troubles, their struggles with the world. And the one day... The four races of people will listen to each other, and uh, if that happens, we'll have a good world again. Wow. It kind of sounds like what's happening now. Hopefully, the outcome of all of the conversations and, you know, protests and stuff will be positive. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to live in harmony. Yeah, and people have to learn to pray. Mm-hmm. Pray, you know, for good things and uh, never to give up on prayer. No matter if you don't know how to pray, you still say a few words, what you want, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, t- uh, positive things about what you want for yourself. That's true. That's true. I agree. I really appreciate the time that you spent telling me your story and teaching me about your culture. I have to say hi, hi, and mm-hmm. okay, so talk to you soon. Take care. You too. Bye. Take care. That was Miss Dora Joseph Palmer, sharing her rich life, heritage, and hopes for the future. And that's it for this episode of Call Your Grandma. Today's story was by Nicosia Miller. Thanks also to Kezia Diaz for our intro. I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. Thanks for listening. And hey, don't forget to call your grandma. <laughs>